Welcome to the Simply Magic Podcast, a show that gives you the tools you need to pursue your big, crazy, and wildest dreams while still showing up for yourself, your relationships, and your life. We show you how to simplify your life so you can create magic in the things that matter. I'm your host, Kelsey. Now let's dive into today's episode. I'm so excited to be digging into the fourth key of the Simply Magic Lifestyle Framework, which is building routines and schedules. But before we get into it, I want to set one fundamental ground rule, and that rule is that your schedules and routines are tools to help you manage your task load. They are not chains. Schedules and routines are intended to help you make space in your life. Getting organized can help you eliminate wasted time, clear your head, and make better decisions about your priorities. But your schedule or your routine is not intended to be the goal. And the moment we start to treat it that way is the moment our schedule becomes the main stressor in our lives. Take a bedtime routine for your toddler as an example. Many of us are moms and have at some point or another created a bedtime routine for our kids. The point of the routine is to get your child to sleep, right? So if your child falls asleep on the car ride home, are you going to intentionally wake them up so you can complete your bedtime routine? Probably not. If you're anything like me, you're going to carry them up the stairs saying a silent prayer that you can get them into their pajamas and in bed without waking them up so you can move on to your own bedtime routine. In this scenario, the bedtime routine is not the goal. It's a tool to help your child unwind and to start to settle down in preparation for sleep. The goal is to get your child to sleep, not to do the bedtime routine. What I don't want you to do is take the action steps of your routine and put them onto your to-do list and treat them like tasks that you check off each day. This will clutter your to-do list unnecessarily and the routine itself is pointless. So my biggest advice for you as you go through the action steps and start thinking about how you can implement routines into your schedule is to remember that the routine and the schedule is not the goal. They are just tools to help you be more efficient and organized. They are very useful tools, don't get me wrong, but they are still not goals. So don't add more stress to your life by treating them that way. You can skip the routine when you've already arrived at the destination because the destination is the goal. Okay, so now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk about the difference between habits and routines. The two terms can sometimes be used interchangeably, so I want to make sure that we're extra clear about the difference. A habit is an action you do regularly. This could be anything from brushing your teeth to writing in your journal. These are singular actions that we usually do without much thought. Humans are creatures of habits, and we all have at least a few habits, both good and bad, that contribute to the structure of our day. A routine, on the other hand, is a sequence of habits regularly followed in the same or similar order, with the intent to accomplish a goal with the least amount of energy. I'm going to use a morning routine this time for my example. Most of us have a series of habits that we do every single morning to get ready for the day. These typically include getting dressed, styling your hair, brushing your teeth, drinking coffee, and whatever else you've incorporated over time. Most of us do these habits in almost the exact same order every morning. You might have one or two things that change or swap every once in a while, but for the most part, it's typically the same. But have you ever actually thought about why you do it that way? Well, first of all, again, we are creatures of habit. But second of all, it's usually because at some point in our lives, we put some thought into how we can be the most productive and efficient in the morning. Chances are you don't really want to get up any earlier than you have to. 
So you've probably already figured out how to get yourself ready in the least amount of time with the least amount of effort by implementing a routine. The routine serves two purposes. First, it eliminates the time you might spend thinking about what to do next. While that time might seem minuscule, it actually adds up quite quickly when you have to go through a mental checklist after each individual two to three minute task. When we have a routine, we automatically know what happens next and we don't really need to think about it. It also helps us to be more efficient because we've already spent the time figuring out what order requires the least amount of energy and time on our part with the most benefit. Imagine for a moment that you ordered your morning tasks so that you had to walk back and forth from your bedroom upstairs to your kitchen in between every task. So your first task in the morning would be to get out of bed and go make coffee. You sit by the coffee maker until it's done, then you go back upstairs to brush your teeth. Next, you come back downstairs to start a load of dishes, then back up the stairs you go to get dressed. After that, you come back down to find your keys and up the stairs again to brush your hair. You could probably tell where I'm going with this. Walking back and forth between different areas of your home is a huge waste of time and energy. So most of us already know to create a routine in an order that spends the least amount of energy and time. So we do all of our bathroom related tasks at one time. We brush our teeth, hair, shower, wash our face, and apply makeup pretty much all in one session. Then we move on to our bedroom to get dressed, then downstairs to eat and make coffee or gather our things to get ready to leave. We've put a little bit of thought and energy in up front so that we can save as much time and energy as possible in the long run. Long story short, routines are what really help us move the needle on our big goals. Routines are meant to function as an on-ramp that transition us smoothly through each part of our day. The routine is simply a tool that helps you move from one place to another. Together, routines and habits make up the foundation of our schedule. Most of us already have a morning and evening routine, so let's talk about a few examples of how routines can help you in different areas of your life that you might not have thought about already. It's important to note that I'm not telling you to create routines just to have them. The best routines are created intentionally to help you move through a particularly difficult part of your day. You can create a routine for pretty much anything, but there are a few areas where I've created a routine in my life that it's made a big difference, so I wanted to give you some examples that I've used personally. Um, The first one is a dinner routine. Have I mentioned how much I loathe making dinner? I think I probably have at least once before, but in case you missed it, I hate making dinner. Before the Simply Magic Lifestyle Framework, I dreaded the entire length of time from about 5 o'clock when I would start making dinner to about 7 when I would start putting my kids to bed. First of all, I was being forced to cook food that chances are my family wasn't even going to eat. Then I'd end up making them other food like an hour later. The kids would drive me insane with questions and requests while I was trying to concentrate on what I was doing so I didn't burn anything. I would also typically be trying to clean up at the same time because my husband was on his way home and I was embarrassed of the massive mess my kids could make in just one day. I was also usually getting really tired and cranky because it was the end of the day and I had been chasing toddlers for almost 12 hours at that point. So I decided to create a routine that would help me move through this specific time of day. I realized that I needed a routine that would get the house cleaned up and food on the table with the least amount of effort and tears on my part, which also meant finding a solution to keeping my kids distracted while I cook. So here's the routine I created. First, I prep and find all the ingredients for the meal so I'm not running around the kitchen looking for things while I'm worried about something burning. I actually usually prepare the ingredients 
uh, while my kids eat lunch earlier in the day. And then I just store them in the fridge until later, all in one group. Then about 30 minutes prior to starting dinner, I actually clean up the kitchen and the living area. And I focus solely on that. I recruit my kids to clean up their messes and the rule is that they cannot join us for dinner until their things are picked up. Next, I set out a pre-prepared snack tray for my kids to snack on while I cook. This practically eliminates the questions and the nagging while I'm cooking, which makes the process so much simpler and more enjoyable for me. Next, I set out napkins, salt and pepper, dressings, toppings, and whatever else I feel like we might need while eating so we can all stay at the table once it's time to eat. After that, I start cooking. I keep all of my weeknight meals to meals that take less than 30 minutes to make. And then when the dinner is done, I simply serve dinner. After that, we clean up dinner. Everyone helps take everything over to the dishwasher and my husband does the dishes while I wipe down the dining table and the kitchen and start a load of laundry. After the kids are done bringing dinner over to the dishwasher, I send them upstairs to start getting themselves dressed for bed. After that, we watch TV together as a family for about 30 minutes to unwind and spend some time together, and then we start the kids' bedtime routine. Another great time to have a routine is right before bed. Most of us already have a bedtime routine. We just might not call it that, and chances are it's not really very thought out. Before implementing a more intentional routine, my bedtime routine basically consisted of vegetating on the couch for a few hours before getting dressed, washing my face and brushing my teeth, and then crashing into bed. While this routine worked okay, I found that I was consistently having a lot of difficulty falling asleep. I also felt that I wasn't taking very good care of myself. So I decided to be more intentional about my evening routine, and this is what it looks like now. First, I check my messages for anything urgent, and then I check on my kids, and I turn on the baby monitors, which are on my phone. Then I plug my phone into the charger and put it in sleep mode. I try very hard not to touch my phone or any other tech after this unless one of my kids needs me. Next, I change into comfortable clothes. I clean up the space around my bed and I fill up my water bottle. After that, I wash my face, brush out my hair, and brush my teeth, anything else that I need to do in the bathroom. I do one self-care activity that ranges from about 5 to 15 minutes long depending on the night, and then I take my vitamins. After that, I heat up a rice bag to apply to my back. The rice bag helps me because my back is usually really sore right before bed, but I'm also perpetually cold and it helps me to warm up a little bit before I go to sleep too. Next, it lights off and I turn on a fan for white noise and then I read on my Kindle for about 15 to 30 minutes. I find the Kindle doesn't stimulate me the way my phone or the TV does and actually helps me to fall asleep. So this is why I use the Kindle. If it's late and I'm extremely tired, I will typically just skip this step as at that point it's unnecessary to get me to my destination of being tired, relaxed, and ready for sleep. All in all, this routine takes me a minimum of 30 minutes to an hour, but I tend to get such better quality of sleep and it helps me to avoid tossing and turning for the first two hours. If I'm getting quality sleep, I found that I really only need seven hours, even though I schedule about eight just to account for things like my kids waking me up in the middle of the night. If I'm not getting quality sleep, like I'm tossing and turning or my mind won't rest or I feel uncomfortable, I end up taking about two to three hours to drift off to sleep, meaning I need nine to 10 hours of trying to sleep in order to feel rested. It's a complete waste of time and it's a better investment to put the 30 to 60 minutes into my evening routine to eliminate the one to two hours of just staring at the wall trying to sleep. Routines can be used for literally anything. Any area of your life where you are consistently struggling, consider implementing a routine to help. 
This could be an after-school routine, a get-ready-for-school routine, a work routine, a dinner routine, literally anything. Just remember to start small. Try implementing one thing at a time until you get to a place where the routine becomes habit. Then you can add to it. Big, consistent change happens slowly over days, weeks, months, and years. So to make creating routines for yourself even easier, I want to share with you some tips I've learned along the way. The first is, like I said, to start small. Sometimes when we first start working on a new goal, we get a bit excited, which is great, but this can also mean that our eyes get a little bit too big for our stomachs, so to speak. We want to make big changes and we want to make those changes now, but unfortunately we are creatures of habit. And if we try to grow too quickly at once, we likely end up reverting back to our old ways just as quickly. So I want you to keep this in mind as we move forward with creating our routines and schedules around our priorities and goals. Start small. A contractor doesn't try to build a house all at once. First, they lay a foundation, then they build the walls, sheetrock, work on interior finishes, etc. They're breaking down a big dream into small, actionable steps. If you create a solid foundation, you can always build upon it later. So don't feel pressure to go big or go home. Even if the change you're making seems really small or even unsubstantial, it's fine. Incorporate it into your routine and schedule and see how it goes. Once it becomes second nature, move on to the next step. The next tip is what I like to call the domino effect. Earlier when we were talking about my dinner routine, I mentioned that I put out a snack tray while I make dinner. This is a perfect example of what I like to call a domino effect. Whenever I'm looking down the barrel at a particularly difficult part of my day, I ask myself the magic question, what can I do now to make my life easier later? Think of your life like a game of dominoes. Each morning you set up all of your dominoes with the intention that each separate task of your day leads to the next so that by the end of the day, everything has been knocked down. But when you don't have any strategy to your day, it's like placing the dominoes down in random spots, then hoping when you knock over the first domino, it will spread to the other ones. But chances are it might knock over one or two, but the rest are still standing. When we ask ourselves the magic question, it's like lining the dominoes up in a nice little line, perfectly and evenly spaced apart. Now, when we complete that first action, it's like knocking over the first domino and the rest of the dominoes fall in line with it. Everything falls into place. The goal is to stay one step ahead so that you're not spending your time reacting and simply putting out fires all day. So in the dinner routine example before, I actually have two different tasks that were implemented into that routine as a result of asking myself the magic question. The first is prepping and locating all the ingredients beforehand. I actually do this while my kids are eating lunch, so it's all ready to go. This way I'm doing a lot less in the middle of my most difficult and cranky time of day. Second is the snack tray. My kids are constantly asking for snacks and food around this time of day. The second they see me start to make dinner, they become little monsters who stand in front of me in the kitchen asking constantly, when is dinner going to be done? How much longer? What's for dinner? Or just in general, complaining that they're hungry. So my solution was to create a healthy snack tray, which is a little tray full of various fruits and veggies or whatever other healthy snack I can come up with. It's in a charcuterie board style that's just stored in my fridge. Every time I go to the grocery store, I immediately cut, wash, and prepare a snack tray and put it in the fridge when I get home. So that way it's always ready for me with practically no effort. The snack tray solves two issues for me. The first is that I can eliminate the I'm hungry wines and the constant nagging by giving my kids something to eat and something to do the moment I start dinner. The second is that they're filling up on the healthiest parts of their dinner first. This way I worry less about what they're actually eating at dinner because chances are they've spent the 30 minutes prior to dinner eating primarily fruits and vegetables. 
Another example from my personal life is getting my kids ready for the day. Mornings are a busy time of the day and my kids are still young and still learning how to get themselves ready. We also have school quite early where we live, so as parents we wanted to make getting ready in the morning as simple as possible. So when I asked myself what I can do now to make my life easier later, I immediately thought of ways my kids could potentially get themselves dressed on their own. So that way I could focus on getting breakfast ready, gathering up school supplies, and whatever else needed to be done before we left for school. So my answer was to put my kids' clothes on hangers in pre-assembled outfits in their closets. I also moved their clothing racks to a lower height so that they could reach them easily. When they wake up, they can get their own outfits out of their closets, and they don't have to ask me where things are, if they match, or whatever else. They come downstairs in the morning completely dressed and ready, and it's amazing. I also moved their socks to a cabinet next to the garage door. That way they can put their socks on as they're heading out the door and I avoid that I can't find my socks dilemma in addition to them not having to go back up the stairs to get them before we leave. Another helpful tool to keep in your routine building tool belt is to consider implementing some house rules. You can use the same magic question from before to set some simple rules to make your life easier. House rules are similar to routines in that they are something you do consistently to be more efficient and productive, but they are different in that they are usually just one thing that you do or don't do that prevents a disaster from unfolding down the line. One example of a house rule that changed my life is creating a house rule for car keys. Back when I was struggling with being a new mom, one of my constant life frustrations was finding my keys. My car was now the main family car since the car seats were already installed in my car and we usually don't care to take the time to switch them to my husband's unless we have to. So both my husband and I were now driving my car quite often. This meant my keys were never where I left them. They could also be in my husband's pants, on his nightstand, in his office desk, by the sink in the bathroom. Honestly, I will never understand the logic of where my husband leaves things. So when it would come time for me to leave, there was a 50% chance I would not be able to find my keys and I would get extremely flustered and overwhelmed searching the entire house for keys. This caused me even more stress because by the time I found my keys, I was usually late. I also most likely had chewed out my husband, so now we were fighting too. All my neatly arranged dominoes were flying all over the place and I felt out of control, overwhelmed, and guilty. So I asked myself, what's one thing I can do now to make it easier for me to find my keys later? So my solution was to add a key hook to the inside of the cabinet that's right next to the garage door. You have to pass it to get into the house, so it's not inconvenient to use. So after nagging my husband a couple times to leave the key on the key rack when he got home, what started as a simple house rule is now a pretty solid habit for both of us. When we get home, we leave the keys on the key rack. My husband even leaves his own keys on the key rack now, and all of our keys, mail key, whatever, everything is now on the key rack. If for some reason the keys get moved somewhere else, we now know to just hang them back up on the key rack. This simple rule has made a massive difference in the stress around our house on a daily basis. Okay, so now that you hopefully have a pretty good grasp on how to build good solid routines, I want to move on to schedule building. The Simply Magic schedule building framework is essentially the backbone of the entire Simply Magic program. It's what takes all the little bits and pieces of information we've been talking about over the last few months and puts them into everyday use. So let's break down how we can build our first schedule. The Simply Magic framework consists of five action steps you can complete to build your schedule. I want to break down each one of these steps to make sure you have a solid grasp on how to create and customize your own schedule at home. The first step is to track your time. 
If you've been following me for a while, we've already talked about why tracking your time is important in a previous episode. And I even included a worksheet in that episode to help you. We need to know where we are starting at so we can figure out where we need to go. So my recommendation is that you track your time for about one to two weeks so you can get a good idea of where you're spending your time and some areas of your life where having a routine might help you be a little bit more efficient or move through a particularly difficult part of your day easier. Hopefully you've already completed this step and you're already one step ahead of the game. But if not, I still recommend you do it now before you move on to the next step. You can do this with the worksheet I mentioned before or a simple pad and paper. There's even time tracking apps like Toggle, Track, or Rescue Time that you can use on your phone. In order for this to be helpful though, you need to stay committed to tracking every bit of your time for the time period that you choose. It's very tedious, I know, but just remember that the data that you'll have at the end of it will allow you to make big life changes. The next step is to audit and declutter. This is why tracking your time is incredibly important because now we're going to be quite ruthless in what we allow to stay in our schedule moving forward. Remember when we talked about saying no? Start saying no to anything that doesn't align with your big picture. You have to look at each task you're currently spending time on and ask yourself, does this serve me, my loved ones, or my goals? Anything you cannot say yes to should go. Every week we only have 168 hours and we spend approximately 50 of those sleeping, leaving you with about 118 hours a week to use to work towards what's important. We can't create more time, but we can be selective about what we spend it on, just like how we might be selective about how we spend our money. Auditing and decluttering your track time is eye-opening. A lot of us waste more time than we ever imagined, but it's empowering as well when you realize you're capable of reclaiming that time and using it wisely on tasks and activities that align with your vision. If you want to learn more about this step, I'd recommend checking out the episode on how to make space in your life to realize your big dreams, where we talk in depth about saying no and simplifying. Once you've eliminated unnecessary tasks that clutter up your already busy schedule, it's time to start organizing and sorting the tasks that are going to stay. First, you'll want to write out any weekly recurring responsibilities and commitments like work hours, church, meetings, and anything else you've already committed to on a weekly basis. Next, write out your non-negotiable priorities that we've talked about previously and any habits or routines that support them. Categorize what can be batched, time-blocked, or automated. If you're unfamiliar with these terms, I'll quickly go over what they mean. Batching is essentially working smarter, not harder. It allows you to maximize productivity and reduce distractions by focusing on one type of task rather than jumping around from task to task all day. A good example of this is emails. If you were to respond to every email as it came in, you'd waste a lot of time transitioning between whatever task you were working on to reading, processing, and writing your response, and then transitioning back to the task you were working on before. It's much more efficient to schedule a specific time frame in which you will respond to all emails each day. This way you're already at your computer with all the information you need to respond to the email at the ready and you can more efficiently send off each email in one batch. Time blocking is when you set aside a specific amount of time in your schedule to perform a specific task. Time blocking and batching go hand in hand. Typically the time block you're designating is going to be filled up with a batch of tasks. The cleaning example I gave above is a great example of time blocking a batched set of tasks. Again, this tool limits distractions, allowing you to operate in a flow state of mind, maximizing your efficiency without becoming overwhelmed. The amount of time doesn't matter. You can choose whatever you think is efficient, but the idea is that you only focus on the assigned tasks and nothing else. 
And lastly, automating is the technique of making a process or system operate automatically, meaning it requires little to no input or effort from you. With technology now, there are a million different ways to automate various aspects of your life, but what's important is to find solutions that work for you. Setting up your bills to get paid automatically is the perfect example of using automation to eliminate tasks from your schedule. Take a look at your track time and what you've decided to keep in your schedule. Look for tasks that you can batch or automate. Look for those tasks that are similar in nature that can be done as a group so you can save time or money. Once you've done these three steps, you're going to start outlining your weekly schedule. Plug in your scheduled responsibilities and commitments that you wrote down in the previous step first. Then plug in your non-negotiable priorities and any supporting routines or habits. Next, determine and schedule your top three tasks for the week. Ask yourself, what are three tasks that are most crucial to get done this week? I usually like to think of anything time sensitive first. Then I ask myself a modification of the magic question. What can I do to make my life easier next week? Going into the week already aware of what your top three tasks are positions you to get them done in the most efficient and peaceful way possible. And these will be different every week and that's okay. Remember to give yourself some space. It's a very dangerous road to schedule out every second of your time. We are not robots. We need time to think, to step away and recollect ourselves, to be able to change plans or simply rest when something has been particularly difficult or things didn't go as planned. While it might be tempting to fill your schedule to the brim, don't do it. We oftentimes forget to account for transition time or the energy expenditure required for every task. It's impossible to predict everything in our lives and our schedule has to be flexible to account for this uncertainty. For example, maybe it usually takes you about 30 minutes to put out a social media post. Be careful with assuming you can put out five social media posts in two and a half hours. During the first post, your mind is fresh, you've likely got an idea for what you want to post and a general direction in which you're going. But by number five, you might feel a little brain dead, tired, or dealing with a little bit of writer's block, so it might end up taking a little bit more time and energy to get through it. So how do we account for this when we're building our schedules? Pay attention to not just the amount of time something takes, but also the amount of energy you're expending. Most people are going to slowly burn out over extended periods of time, making you less productive as we move through a series of tasks. So give what you're able to give, but don't overfill your schedule to the point of exhaustion and burnout at the end of the day. It's also important to leave a little bit of space in between tasks to allow for life. Real life happens in the in-between, and when we're building our schedule, it can be really easy to forget to account for that. Here's a real-life example. I work from home. There have been countless times when I've been right in the middle of my work and my dog decides she has to go outside to go to the bathroom right now. Taking her out only takes about five minutes, but usually in the process of taking her out, I realize she needs water or I might get distracted by one of my neighbors and end up chatting for a few minutes. Before I started living the Simply Magic lifestyle, this would have sent me into a panic attack. All of a sudden, I'm 15 minutes behind and I have no time allotted in my schedule to make up for it so I would attempt to rush through my tasks on my schedule, kind of like when we drive over the speed limit because we left five minutes late. In the end, we're still late, but we spend the entire drive there stressed out and frustrated. It's just not worth it. And now I've realized that having casual conversations with my neighbor or letting my dog out to go to the bathroom is part of life. I love my pets and I want to care for them, and I enjoy speaking with my friends and neighbors. These things are not burdens, and I don't want it to feel like they are in the moment. By not filling my days to the brim, I'm able to do things like this and take life as it comes without feeling stressed or overwhelmed and still work towards my goals. 
I like to account for 30 minute transition times in between tasks or batches of tasks, but I'd recommend anything from 15 to 30 minutes, depending on what you spend your days doing. This gives me the space to mentally and physically shift into a new mindset and set of tasks. It also allows me a few minutes to address my kids' needs and set up a new activity for them to do while I work from home whether that's dropping them off at a friend's house or setting up a craft. And if something takes a few minutes longer than expected, my entire day isn't thrown off. If you want to see an example of my weekly schedule, I've included it in a blog post on my website at inkandpine.co. I'll put a link to that post in the description of this podcast, so you can refer to that if you need some inspiration while building your own schedule. The last step of the framework is to create your daily outline. Daily outlines are going to look different for everyone depending on how much structure you like in your day-to-day routine. Some people thrive on structure and others like myself prefer a loose outline. There isn't just one way to outline your day, but this is the method I follow that works well for many. First, make note of any time-bound tasks and activities. This includes any meetings, appointments, classes, or deadlines. Then check in with yourself. Ask yourself how you're feeling today. Are you feeling energetic and ready to take on the day or are you feeling ill and tired from a difficult night's sleep? Doing this sometimes causes me to switch things up, so I'm doing things that make sense for my energy level that day. Obviously, there are days where you really can't switch things up, but it's still helpful to know how you're feeling so you can approach each task appropriately. Next, determine and schedule your tending five tasks. We're going to be diving into this more in the next episode, so don't worry too much about it for now, but keep it in the back of your mind for later when we do go into it in more detail. Now make note of any other tasks you might like to get done that day that aren't already included in your top three. And lastly, build your schedule using the time blocking and batching strategies we talked about before. By the end of all of these steps, you should be left with a very solid daily plan that allows you to work towards your big dreams without feeling stressed and overwhelmed. You've identified what matters most to you and simplified so that you have the time to do it. So now it's simply time to execute the plan. Don't forget to be flexible and remember that the schedule is not the goal. It's simply a tool to help you reach the goal. If things don't go the way you thought they would, don't be afraid to adjust and move forward. In next month's episode, we're going to be diving deep into key five, which is going to be all about the tending five, which are five things the Simply Magic community does every day to stay on track and hold ourselves accountable to our big picture. I so appreciate you tuning into today's show. If you did enjoy it, make sure to leave a review so I can know what you thought. Your feedback is so important to me and it helps the show more than you will ever know. If you want more Simply Magic in your life, make sure to join me over at inkandpine.co and don't forget to meet me right back here next month to learn more on how you can be magical in the things that matter and simplify the things that don't.